sing a little more with attitude. <laughs> Amen. I believe that people are saved in here. Amen. Well, if you're saved, then let's sing with attitude. Amen. And there's no satisfaction outside of salvation. Amen. Let's sing it again. Amen. There is no satisfaction outside salvation is prayers this evening. Amen. Amen. He's worthy of it this evening. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer this evening. Holy Father, I just want to say thank you once again that you've gathered us together, Lord God, under your wings, Lord. For truly really we thank you for salvation, Lord. For where would we be, Lord, without salvation, Lord? Where would we be, O Lord God, if you had not come, O Lord? Where would we be if you had not put a seed inside of us, O Lord God, who was here to respond to your word in this last age, Father? Lord, we just want to say thank you, O Lord God. Thank you that you've chosen us. Thank you that you've called us, O Lord. And Father, this evening, we just want to sit at your feet once again, O Lord, and we just want to ask you that you speak to us, Lord. That you minister to every heart, to every soul, Lord. Father, we just pray that you take me out of the way, O Lord. And 
Now, Father, Lord, you will speak, O Lord, and you will, Lord God, be personal to everyone this evening, Lord. Father, we pray, O Lord, even for the hearers, O Lord God, that we'll get our distraction out of the way, Lord. The Father will be focused on you, O Lord, will be concentrated on you, O Lord, for these very little moments that we have, Lord. Father, we pray that we'll be able to make much out of the service, O God, for we know with you, O Lord God, all things are possible, Lord. Father, this evening, we just want to make you welcome even as we pray, O Lord. We just want you to feel welcome in here, O Lord God. Feel welcome in our hearts and our souls, O Lord. Father, we thank you for the song service. We thank you for the special that was sung, O Lord. Father, we just want to surrender to you this evening. We just want to say, have your way in us, O Lord. May your name be glorified. May you truly have the preeminence, Lord, this evening. We just want to say that we love you, O God, and we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, musician from Mark. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Well, God bless you all. And it's good to be here and, and, and to share the word with you this evening. I was talking to Brother Andrew and I said to him that I won't belong this evening. And um, I don't know if I'll be able to keep my word. But I, I trust in the Lord. Amen. I, I must be honest, I, I don't feel as prepared as I, as I normally would feel prepared to speak. But I was talking to Brother John in the office earlier, and, and he said to me, you know what? The lost strength is made perfect in weakness. Amen. So it doesn't matter how prepared we are. We know that he's always prepared. Amen. He's always prepared to bring his word, and he knows what we need. So uh, you, you have to pull on the word this evening. Amen. It's going to be what you want to hear. Amen. Well, let's just take a Bibles, and I want to take a very... Familiar scripture that we all know and everyone can tell the story. I'm open to Luke chapter 7. I want to read from verse 26 to verse 50. It's a little bit of a lengthy reading, but we just want to get the background of it all. And I know we all know the story, but we just want to read through it. Amen. Amen. Luke chapter 7 from 26 to 50. And one of the Pharisees desired him that he would eat with him. And he went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet. And behold, a woman in the city which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment and stood at his feet behind him weeping and began to wash his feet with tears and did wipe them with the hair of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. Now when the Pharisee which had bidden, bidden him saw it, he spake within himself, saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this is that touched him. For she is a sinner. And Jesus answered and said, said unto him, Simon, I have somewhat to say unto thee. And he says, Master, say on. There was a certain creditor which had two debtors. The one owed 500 pounds and the other 50. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me therefore which of them will love him most. Simon answered and said, I suppose that he to whom he forgave most. And he said unto him, 
thou hast rightly judged. And he turned to the woman and said unto Simon, See thou this woman, I entered into thine house, thou gavest me no water for my feet. But she had washed my feet with tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss. But this woman since the time I came in had not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil thou dost not anoint, but this woman has anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore I say unto, unto thee, her sin which are many are forgiven. For she loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. And he said unto her, thy sins are forgiven. And they that sat at meat with him began to say within themselves, Who is this that forgiveth sin also? And he said to the woman, Thy faith hath saved thee. Go in peace. Amen. Amen. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading. You might have your seat. Amen. Amen. This evening we want to speak on our title this evening is Give Me Jesus. Give me Jesus. Amen. We're living in a world where, you know, everyone wants something. Everyone is desiring something. Everyone has their own need. And I really appreciated what Brother Moses spoke some time ago. And it was very interesting to me because, you know, the Lord knows what he's doing. And he's been sovereign in every of the service that has been. And I always say this, I, I don't think I've ever said, I think I've said a Brother John only, but... Brother Moses had not spoken the service. I would have not have spoken the service on get the oil. And before I spoke the service on get the oil, the Lord gave me this title for the young people's service that I was supposed to speak on give me Jesus. And if the Lord had not told me this before he told me to speak on get the oil, I wouldn't have spoken on give me Jesus. But God knows what he's doing. Amen. He, he's in control of it all. And so we just want to trust him this evening. and want him to have his way. Amen. Amen. Well, you see, we're living in a world where everyone wants something. Amen. You know, you got everyone wants their own right. Everyone wants their own, you know, whatever, you know, pleases them. That's what they want. They want the law to be changed to seal them. They want, they want new laws to be made to seal them. They want this and they want the other. Everyone wants something. Amen. But in all you wanting, they've forgotten the main thing. In all you wanting, they've left out the main thing, which is Jesus. They've wanted everything. They've wanted the riches. They've wanted everything in the world, but they've left out Jesus. They put Jesus aside. They put Jesus out of the schools, and they put Jesus out of the politics, and they put Jesus out of everything. Now they've got even Jesus out of his own church because we're living in Laodicea, where Jesus is standing outside of his church and is knocking to find his way back in. See, they put him out of the churches. They put him out of their own life. They don't want to have anything to do with Jesus anymore. But I am glad that this evening there is a group of young people that are sitting here that have chosen the best of it all. Amen. They have chosen the main ten. They said, we want Jesus. 
Jesus. Amen. They said, give me Jesus. You can have all of this world, but you give me Jesus. Amen. Because he's my salvation. He's my redeemer. Amen. He's the only one that can give me freedom. He's the only one that can give me restoration. He's the only one that can bring me healing. He's the one that I want. I believe the young people are sitting here this evening saying, I want Jesus. Amen. Give me Jesus because if you give me Jesus, you give me eternal life. If you give me Jesus, you give me freedom. If you give me Jesus, you give me a rapture. That's what we desire. Give me Jesus. Amen. There's only resurrection power in Jesus and nowhere else. Amen. See, it was quite an age that they were living in. It has been about 800 years since Isaiah had prophesied about a virgin being born. And for 800 years, they had not seen nothing happen in generations that gone by, generation after generation. But now they were living in a moment that what was prophesied had become a reality. What Isaiah had said and now become a reality. A baby had born and was born in a manger and now has grown up to an age of 20 years old and has entered his ministry. Amen. And as he has entered his ministry, Isaiah had prophesied and has said that as he enters his ministry, he's going to be one that is going to bind the brokenhearted. Amen. He's going to be one that is going to set a liberty to captive. He's going to be one that is going to bring out of the prison those that are bound. Amen. And here were the people, here were they looking and observing the scripture being fulfilled. Here were they watching what Isaiah had prophesied being a reality manifested in flesh. Now walking, performing exactly what Isaiah had already spoken about him. And as they were looking at him and seeing him in his ministry, everybody wanted Jesus. The sick said, give me Jesus for my healing. The one that was bound said, give me Jesus for my freedom. The family that has someone dead in the family said, give me Jesus that he may raise again the dead. They wanted Jesus because they had seen the scripture had been fulfilled. But not only everyone wanted Jesus, there were other people that didn't want to have anything to do with Jesus. The Pharisees didn't want to have anything to do with Jesus. The scribes didn't want to have anything to do with Jesus. The Herodians didn't want to have anything to do with Jesus. For them, Jesus was just a laughing stock. As a matter of fact, among the Pharisees was one of them by the name of Simon. And Simon didn't want, really want Jesus. He didn't even believe that Jesus was the Messiah. Simon didn't believe that he was a prophet, but yet he was a prophet. Simon did not believe that he was the son of God, but yet he was the son of God. And you see, we're living in an age that we've had many Simons come by this message. We've had many Simons come by this message that don't believe that Brother Branham is the prophet of this age, but he is the prophet of this age. We've had many come by this message who do not believe in the Holy Ghost, but there is a Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Amen. We've had many a sermon come by in this message who don't believe that this message is the truth, but this message is the truth. Amen. You see, regardless of what Simon taught about Jesus, did not change who Jesus was. Regardless of the fact that he didn't believe in Jesus, did not change who he was. It didn't stop Jesus from being a healer. It didn't stop Jesus from being a deliverer. It didn't stop Jesus, for it didn't limit him in any ways. And no matter what they say about his message, it's not going to change what it is. 
No matter what they say about the prophet, it's not going to change who he is. No matter what they say, the rapture and fate is still going to lie in this message. No matter what they say, the Holy Ghost is going to be found only in this message. It doesn't matter what they say, it is not going to change what God has put in this age. No matter what they do, or no matter what they say, amen. And so Simon didn't really believe in Jesus. But you see, Simon was, was planning, you know, to have a banquet or to have a feast. And, and he was looking for who he could, he could bring to kind of be the entertaining person in this meeting. That was what he was desiring. And that was what he was looking for. Because great men were coming to this meeting. Great Pharisees were coming to this meeting. Great lawyers were coming to this meeting. And he wanted to show that he was a great somebody. That he was a great man. And, and, and he, he had all to himself. And so he decided that he was going to take Jesus and he was going to make Jesus a spot. He was going to set Jesus down and he was not going to make him welcome. And, and he's just going to let him be there and just let him be a laughing stock. That was what Simon had purpose in his heart to do. And I hope that we don't have any Simons here this evening. They want to make Jesus just a laughing stock. They just want to sit and be just entertained. And, and just want to sit and, you know, just, just let the others do the work. And I hope we don't have any Simons here this evening. That are not here, they are here, I don't want to make Jesus welcome. Amen. Amen. But the problem said, I wouldn't want to be like, like him. I wouldn't want to be like him. And neither would I want to be like him. I believe we're living in a time that God has raised up a young a group of young people. They want to think about the friends. Right from the beginning, when, when God was making his decision down through the ages. And for every age, he had located a certain group of young people. He had a group of young people for every age that was coming. He had a group of young people for the Ephesian church age. And he had it for the Smyrnan church age and the Permagian church age and the Titaran church age and the Philadelphian and, and, and what was the other one left? But he had a designated for every church age. Every church age, the Sardis church age, and then the Philadelphia church age. He had a designated for every church age. And in Laodicea, he designated we to be the young people in Laodicea. And you know, in a race, whenever there is a race going... They always put the best for the last. They always put the best for the last. They never put the weakest for the last. If among the four people, in this case we're talking about seven. And that doesn't mean that that doesn't take anything away from Ephesians or whatever church age it was. But what we know that we're living in an age which is the most wicked age ever. It's one of the worst church ages ever. The Lord has almost gone out. Jesus is put out of the church. But in the midst of it all, he has chosen a young people 
to say this is the group of people that I want in Laodicea. This is the group of people that I've got confidence in. This is a group of people that I know that you're not going to compromise. This is a group of people that I know that you're going to stand by the word. No matter what comes, no matter what goes, they're not going to be moved. They're not going to be shaken. This is a group of young people that I have chosen, I have designated for this age. And when he declared it in heaven, all the angels approved it. And I said, yes, let those young people be in Laodicea. I believe that they will make it. And to every one of the young people, he has assigned an angel that is taking care of us. That is guiding us every step of the way. Don't ever think that you are alone. Don't ever think that you are by yourself. There is someone that is guiding you. There is someone that is leading you. There's someone that is protecting you. He's got someone that is watching over you. He's the great one that is watching over you. But while you're here on earth, there are angels that are fighting for you. When you go to bed at night, there are angels that are fighting for you. There are many things that happen in the night. But there are those that are protecting you through the night. But you see, God haven't done all these things. Sometimes you fail to appreciate them. Sometimes we fail to appreciate him. He will keep us through the night and we'll rise up in the morning and we'll fail to give him thanks. We'll fail to give him thanks. He'll keep us through the day and the evening will come and I will be so tired because we were off on all the business of the day and we had to take care of them. But now we just forget about him and we just roll in bed. And sometimes we come to the point where, you know, he, he's granted us grace and he's given us this message and he's given us all this truth. Sometimes we walk in church without a Bible. We walk in church without a Bible. We put the phone in the place of the Bible. But it's the same phone that we used to chat. It's the same phone that we used to do this. It's the same phone that we used to do that. I bring the same phone to church and we say, oh, we got a phone and we're going to use that for a Bible. Just want to be honest. Let's go back to the old-fashioned way. The Bible is still the Bible, friends. The Bible has still got power in it. If we're going on a battle, let's take it with sword with us. Let's go with our sword. I don't believe that you go in a battle and you're just going to take anything. you got to go in a battle. If you're going for a shooting fight, you'll get a real gun. You're not going to get a gun on your phone. <laughs> you're sure not going to get a gun on your phone and be like, I got a gun. <laughs> and get the biggest speakers ever to, to connect it by Bluetooth so it can make the greatest noise. That's not going to fit in the fight. You need to get a real gun. And if we come in the house of the Lord, let's get what we need. If we are soldiers in the field for the Lord, let's go with a weapon to the field. Let's go with a Bible to the field. Let's say on which side we are on. 
Let's prove on which side we are on as we're walking out of a house. Let's prove which side we are on. Let us never know which side we are on. Let our neighbors know where we're going. Let them know that we are going to church. Let them know that in the midst of the the sea, they may go to a party. They may go to have fun, but I am going to church. On a Friday night, they may go out, but I am going to church. Let them know where I am going. Let them know where I am standing. Let's go back to the old-fashioned way. It is never too old. Look at the fashion. You're bringing back the exact same thing that had been before. You see, Solomon was right when he said there is not a new one under the sun. When he said that that which had been, it is now. There's not a new that old way is still the same. The same Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Mine, I'm completely off my, off my knob, but that's all right. Amen. Amen. So Simon was preparing this banquet, and, and as he had on his mind, and he decided, I'm going to have Jesus to come. And so he sent the courier to go and find Jesus. And he sent the courier, and the courier set on his way, and, and he went all the way to find Jesus. And the courier was running after Jesus, and he went to a certain city, and he asked that the certain man been here. And they said, yes, he had been here, but he had been here about a month ago or a week ago, and he's moved on to another city. And the courier will run after him, and he will go to the next city, and he'll get there and say, had this mom been here? Yes, he had been here, but he just left yesterday. And sometimes that is just like us. And we'll come to a meeting and we'll sit in a meeting. And we'll see God move on the meeting. But we will hold back in the meeting. And the meeting will be over and we'll go home and we realize we just missed them. We just missed them and we'll say, all right, it'll be for the next meeting. And we'll be in the next meeting and he'll come by again. But we'll sit there and we'll hold back again. And the meeting will be over and we will miss him again. And meeting after meeting, we'll keep on missing him. We keep on missing what he's doing. We keep on missing the move of the Holy Ghost. Meeting after meeting. Until one day, perhaps we will meet him face to face. Because one day, finally, the courier met Jesus. He finally came face to face with Jesus. He wanted an audience with Jesus. But you see, the one thing Brother Branham will say about the courier is that the courier lost, lost conscience of who he was standing in front of. He failed to recognize who he was standing in front of. All that was on his mind was that I supposed to get this message to Jesus and I have to turn back and go. That was his opportunity, Brother Branham will say, but he, he failed to recognize his opportunity. And he let it pass him, boy. That was his moment. That was his time, but he let him pass him, boy. Many times you'll sit on a meeting and we'll come face to face with Jesus. But we will fail to recognize whom we've come to. We fail to recognize that Brother Branham was speaking. Jesus keeps all his appointment, Temple, Florida, 1964. He said, what was the matter with the courier? How could it be? Was he conscious of what he'd done? The first and maybe in his life that, that he ever stood in the presence of Jesus and he never even asked forgiveness of his sins. 
He never took the opportunity. Brother Branham said, oh, how was the same, same way with people today? He said many times they realize that they are in his presence and never ask forgiveness. They get in his presence and never ask forgiveness. Or sometimes we get in his presence and we will ask for forgiveness. We'll ask for forgiveness, but again, we lose conscience of who we're standing in front of. And after we've asked for forgiveness, we fail to remember that once you ask for forgiveness and once you repent, for Jesus it is over. For Jesus and see of forgetfulness, he doesn't remember it anymore. But we fail to recognize that. And we get off the altar or we get off our seat with the same guilt again. We get off our seat with the same condemnation again. Because we fail to have the conscience of who we were standing in front of. That was this courier. He failed it and he just walked away. He has finished his duty. Or sometimes we will recognize his presence and we will come to his presence. But we'll come just haphazardly and whatever. It is okay. Come with no expectation. Just said, and whatever the service is, that's what it is. Whatever I get, that's what I get. That was the attitude the courier had. And he missed him. He missed him. He missed him. As he went back, satisfied that he has accomplished his mission, he went back and told Simon about it. And Simon said, that is great that Jesus is coming. That is great that Jesus is coming. And so Simon started to make ready. But Branham said, you know how he chose the outside and he made all things big and great, got the fatted calf and all that. And, you know, he could really put it up. And he made everything ready, but he didn't make it ready for Jesus. He made it ready for himself. He made it ready for his popularity. That's what he made it ready for. But he had prepared everything and he'd made everything ready. And you may wonder, but where is Simon in this picture? Simon is the enemy. Simon is Satan. You see, Satan has prepared this kingdom. He's prepared this wall and he's made it beautiful. He's made his world so beautiful. He's made everything in it just, just perfectly for himself that he can live in it. That he can make himself a home and make himself welcome. And he's trying to make it as comfortable as he can make it to every Christian that is living on this world. That is Satan. That's how he has made his world. Uncomfortable. And he's made Jesus no welcome in it. Jesus is not welcome in his world. That's what Simon has done. Amen. That's what he has done and he's trying to put every pressure he can on the church. And we know that what he's planning to do is to bring together all the churches and, and press down whatever it is the bride and the squeeze. But you see one thing that Satan is failing to see is that we were born for this moment. 
wanting that Satan is failing to see that there is another Esther that has rose up. Wanting is failing to see that we are here for such a time as this. Amen. We are here for this moment. We have been pressurized. Amen. He thinks that he is dealing with a bunch of chickens. He forgot that he's dealing with a bunch of eagles. These eagles have been pressurized. They are not bound to fly in this level. They are bound to fly in the heavenlies. And we had it on some day that we are bound to live in the heavenlies. We are bound to live above the sound. We are bound to live above the tents of this world. And the thing that he can cross them down, but you can't cross this eagle down. She is soaring high. Her eyes are not down here. Her eyes are down here for the prey. Amen. Her eyes are down here for the prey. The eyes of the eagle is looking down to find the prey. He's looking down to find what he can take that can make him satisfied. And I tell you, the bride of Christ is looking down here of what enemy is trying to stand in the way. He's looking down here to say, who is that devil that is trying to get in my way? Because that eagle has been given power. He have been given the authority and has said you can take down any other beast that is upon the earth. The eagle has been given power. He's a powerful beast. He's a very powerful beast. He doesn't fight his battle on the earth. He fight them in the sky. Because he know very few animals can fight with him in the sky. And that's what the bride is. We don't fight our battle here on the earth. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. But we're dealing with principalities. We're dealing with powers. We're dealing with rulers. And how do we fight our battles? We fight them in the heavenlies. And how do we get in the heavenlies? We get in the heavenlies on our knees. When we go down on our knees, that's where we get in the heavenlies. And that's why Satan cannot come. That is your powerful weapon that has been given to you to strike the enemy at any time, at any moment. That is how the eagle fights. And Satan thinks that he's going to bring them down. He failed, to, he failed to recognize who he's dealing with. He's dealing with the children of God. He's dealing with those who were in him before the foundation of the world. He's dealing with the one who was there. We were in him when he created Lucifer. We were there when he created Lucifer. We saw Lucifer. We saw him be cast out of heaven. We just don't remember because we bypassed theophany. But we were there. And if God is not afraid of Satan, we are not to be afraid of Satan. Amen. And so he prepared all this banquet and, and made it all ready. He made it all ready. And, and finally the day came. You know, Jesus never missed an appointment. He always come to every appointment. If you invite him, he will show up. And I believe that this evening we have avoided him. And I can guarantee you that he's here. He comes to every appointment. He never misses even one of them. Not even one of them. Every appointment he's there. And he's always on time. Even when he's late. He's always on time. We know a brother who's always late. But he's always on time. Amen. God bless you brother John. Amen. I think someone said, you know, we'll get to heaven and John might be late. But he'll be there. <laughs> Amen. He's always on time. He's never late. 
And he got there right on time, man. As he got there, all the crowd were getting in, and Brother Brandon would explain how they get washed and they get clean and they get perfumed and they made welcome. But somehow, the footwood flunky didn't notice him. He didn't notice him. Maybe he was distracted. Oh, you don't know what happened. We can't tell what happened. But what we know that Jesus was in there with dirty feet. I don't believe that there's anyone in here who wants to be the footwork flunky that missed them. Because he came when he was invited. And we've come here not to see one another. Each and every one of us here are come because we want to meet with Jesus. We want to have an audience with Jesus. And that ought to be your attitude when we come to church is to meet with Jesus. We don't want to be like the football flunky that, that messes him and let him go by and let him sit with door to feet. We don't want to be like that. But you see, when Jesus was going to the appointment, he wasn't really going for Simon. He wasn't really going for Simon. He knew why he was going. He knew why he was going. And you see, when God came here on earth, he didn't come here for Lucifer. He didn't come here for the world system and all that you're doing. He came because there was a bride. He came because there was a woman that he knew of. That he said that she's going to need me. That's why he came. He's not here. He doesn't care about what the politicians are doing and all they're doing. That's not his business. His business is you. You're the reason why he's here. You're the reason why he still hasn't come to take us away. You're the reason why that he's told him, hold back the winds. Just wait for a moment. I have to finish my work. There are some few that still has to come in. They haven't come in yet. Until they come in, we can't leave. You see, it's just like a flight. It's just right there and it's just waiting for the people who are on the list to be on that plane. For all of them to get in the plane before the door is shut. That's the reason why he's here. And you see this woman, she, 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 she just woke up that morning. And really she, she just was going to go about her day just another day. You know that what she was. She, she wasn't a very well-known woman in the city. She was a harlot. And she was, she just woke up that morning and she thought, well, I'm going to go obey my day and it's just going to be another day. But you know, she had heard about Jesus. She knew about Jesus. That morning she didn't know that that day was the day of her deliverance. She didn't know that that day was the day that she was going to be set free. She didn't know that that day was the day that she was going to hear the words that was going to say, your sins, which were many, have all been forgiven. She didn't know that that day. And perhaps this morning you woke up and you told, well, we got young people this evening. And we have to go to young people this evening. But you see, all along, Jesus had hair on her mind. 
Jesus was thinking about her all the, all the time. But she didn't know that Jesus was thinking about her. She didn't know the plans that Jesus had. But she just went about each day. But deep inside within her, there was a desire to live for Jesus. There was a desire to live for Christ. There was a desire to stop what she was doing and live a righteous life. She had a deep in her that she wanted to be a daughter of God. She wanted to be a son of God. She wanted to be different. She didn't want to have the name tag of Harlot on her. She wanted to be a woman that had a family. She wanted to be a woman that had a home, that had a husband. And Jesus knew all that. And that day seemed to be just another day. But that was her day. And this might be another young people for you. But this might be your day. This might be your moment. Because he is here. You invited him and he has come. And so she went to bed and... She walked down the street and it was very quiet. The day seemed to be a little different from the old, from the normal usual days. I can tell you my day has been a little different today from the normal usual day. The animal tried to flick and do this and do the other. But I knew that I'm going to meet Jesus this evening. And I know that Jesus is here this evening. You know there's something about the days when Jesus is coming. Things just seem to go wrong and everything seems to go bad and, and you seem to leave the worst of your estate. You know, Brother Brown will talk about the plane when it's about to break the same barrier. It's that a shake, it's that a rattle. It's that it looks like every bolt on it is just going to fly out. But it's just about to break through. And you may seem to have had the worst week of your life. You may seem to have done the worst things of your life this week. But I want you to know you're just about to break through. Amen. You're just about to break that sin barrier. You're just about to break that habit barrier. So the woman was walking by and she had the music and she had that and she had a different tense. And she drew nigh and she wondered what is going on and she remembered, oh, great Pharisee is having a party and he's having all the get together today. And as she walked by, she saw everyone dressed and nice and everyone looking good. But then she happened to notice that there was someone sitting there with dirty feet. Someone sitting there that was not made welcome. And she wondered, who was that? Who was the man sitting there that is not made welcome? How did he get in? What happened to the footwork flunky? What happened to all of them fellas? Why did they let him in? And as she started to look, she started to recognize, well, wait a minute. That looks like, that looks like Jesus. That looks like Jesus. And she started to remember back. She said, I had a story about him. I had a story about him that there was a woman one time that they brought to him. And the woman was caught in adultery. And he was writing on the floor, they said. And, and there were men that came with him and they had stones in their hands that they were going to stone her. And he kept on writing and they asked Jesus, what shall we do with this woman? Because she's been caught in adultery. 
And according to the law of Moses, we're supposed to stone her. And she remembered that he said that Jesus stooped up and looked at them and said, the one without sin, let him cast the first stone. And all of them started to turn around and drop their stones and walk away. And she remembered that woman was caught in adultery. She was living kind of the way that I was living. But when she got to Jesus, something changed. Because Jesus asked her, where are your accusers? And she said, I don't know, they are not here anymore. And Jesus said, well, if there's no one here to condemn you, then I am not condemning you either. You go your way and sin no more. And she started to remember that. And he said, if he could do it for her, he can do it for me. And I believe everyone in here can look at someone and say, I've seen God deliver them. I've seen God change their life. I've seen God turn them around. You have Brother Ethan sitting here. You've seen it with your own eyes. You've seen God make a miracle. You've seen God bring a change in his life. You've seen among many young people in this building. And if he could do it for them, he could do it for you. He is the same yesterday. He is the same today. He is the same forever. And she started to recognize him. This is my moment. This is my time. And she forgot about everything. Remember, she's, she, she's a sinner. She's not supposed to be around people. But at that moment, she forgot about her sin. She forgot about her guilt. She forgot about everything because she has sinned Jesus. And all the matter in the moment will say, give me Jesus. I need to get to Jesus. I don't care. I need to get to him. He's the only one that can set me free. He's the only one that can deliver me. I need to get to Jesus. She didn't care what it cost. She went home, Brother Branham said, and she opened that box and everything she had in there, she took it. She took everything that she had. Everything that she had, she took it. It didn't matter where she got it from. It didn't matter how she made it. All she had was on her mind that I need to get to Jesus. It doesn't matter what I've got. I need to get to Jesus. It doesn't matter what you've done this week. If you are determined, you can get to Jesus this evening. While she was opening the box, there was a day that was coming in her mind and said, he's going to know. He's going to know where I got this money from. He's going to know how I earned this. But is that what it doesn't matter? We need to get to him. And you may sit here this evening and you may think, he remembers what I did yesterday. He remembers what I did three days ago. He remembers what I said. He remembers what I looked at. He remembers all that. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because right now, Jesus is sitting there unwelcomed. Right now, Jesus is sitting there and is waiting for someone to minister to him. They're saying it doesn't matter. And he took it all. And he ran to the store. And he ran into the man and he said to him, give me the best that you've got. Give me the best ointment that you've got. I want to bring him the best that I have. It doesn't matter what I have done this week. I'm going to bring him the best that I have. And the best that I have is my heart. 
I'm going to bring him that. It doesn't matter. Give me the best that you've got. Give me the best that you've got. And she got her. And she started to make her way back to Jesus. She started to walk back to Jesus. She didn't care what the people said. Someone might have shouted to her to say, hey, are you on business today? She said, no, give me Jesus. Give me Jesus. We am not on business today. We am not on business today. I need to get to Jesus. Because my business is just about to change. My life is just about to change. Because I have seen him do it before. And I know that he's going to do it for me. How I am going to get in, I don't know. I am not welcome in there and I know that. But I don't care. I need to get to him. Brother Branham said when you're determined to get to him, he'll make a way for you to get there. And if you are determined to meet him this evening, there is a way made for you to meet him this evening. Brother Branham said and she went and the worst sinner in the city, Minneapolis, 1956, Brother Branham said, maybe I'll just give this code. Let's go to, let's go to Pride, Campbellsville, Kentucky, 1955. If you ever have a time to listen to this message, listen to it. I've listened to it about five times this week. It's incredible. Pride. Brother Branham said, the tenant was, was not how she was going to get there. Was she going to make, was she going to make an effort to get there? He said, I can see her elbowing her way through the crowd. No matter what, no matter what said or who said, she was on her road to meet Jesus. He said, do you do that? Would you elbow your way through the differences in the world today? Could you elbow your way? Over the vulgarity, over the picture shows and the dancing and the carrying on that they do. Calling yourself a Christian to get to Jesus. He said, could you lay down aside all your worldly social entertainment to come to the Lord Jesus to be entertained by him? He said, God have mercy. He said, she elbowed, she elbowed right on through. She was going to get there regardless of how vile she was. Oh, I know, it was out of order, oh sure. He said, God help us to get out of order once in a while. The trouble is it, you got too much order. Get out of order. He said, I hope the church gets out of order long enough to get saved. Get out of order once in a while. Get out of your own circle and your own comfort zone once in a while. Jesus is here. She elbowed her way. You have come here and you have seen Jesus this evening. You've seen him sitting here this evening. And she's waiting to be made welcome. He's waiting to be made welcome. I wonder if this evening we can elbow our way through every day. I wonder if we can elbow away through every guilt that we've got. Elbow away through every condemnation that we've got. If we can elbow away to get to Jesus this evening. And say, give me Jesus. 
just give me Jesus this evening. You can have everything you want, but just give me Jesus this evening. That's all I want this evening. I just want Jesus. Because if you give me Jesus, you give me deliverance. If you give me Jesus, you give me freedom. If you give me Jesus, you give me liberty. If you give me Jesus, you give me overcoming power. If you give me Jesus, you give me the key to possess the gates of the enemy. If you give me Jesus, you give me victory. If you give me Jesus, you give me the Holy Ghost. I just want Jesus. She elbowed her way. She made it to Jesus' feet. She started to wipe Jesus' feet. She broke the ointment. She broke everything that she had. Get out of order once in a while. Brother Brown will talk how he got out of order when he met Jesus. And I can tell you how I got out of order when I met him. Get out of order once in a while. Let God do the work. I think Brother Ed was saying it the other day. Sometimes we're scared. What is the Holy Ghost going to do to me? How could we be scared of Jesus? We're not here for ourselves. We're here for what he wants. If you want me to run crazy in the town shouting Jesus, I'm going to run crazy in the town shouting Jesus if that's what you want. Don't be scared of the Holy Ghost. It's given to you. It is Jesus. If he was here in person, none of us would be scared of him. So now why are we scared of a spirit? Why are we scared of a spirit coming in? That is the greatest thing we could ever have. That's the purpose why we're here. That we could live for Jesus. But we can't live for Jesus without Jesus being in us. And here he is sitting this evening and he's saying, Who's going to make me welcome? Who's going to make me welcome? Who's going to elbow you away? Regardless of what they've done, regardless of what has been, regardless of the past, who's going to elbow your way to get to Jesus? Remember that before he came here, he knew that you were here. He knows all that you've been through. He knows all the struggle that you've been through. He's not surprised to pay them. You think, oh my, what a shame if I get before him. Think about that woman. Who was supposed to be more shameful than her? To go to the Holy One, the vilest, the filthiest in the town, to approach the Holy One. But she elbowed her way because she recognized this is my moment. The footwork flunky let him pass, boy. The courier let him go, boy. Simon made him sit there. But this woman, this woman said, I am not going to let him go. I am going to hold on to him. 
Like Jacob that day, he said, I am going to wrestle with him. I am not going to let him go until I get the blessing. I am not going to let him go until my name is changed. I don't want to be a supplanter anymore. I don't want to be a liar anymore. I don't want to be a filled person anymore. I'm going to wrestle with him until my name is changed. Brother Branham will say sometimes we don't stay long enough. We don't, we don't wait long enough. And that doesn't mean you need to stay all the mine. I'm not saying you have to wait here. But waiting is constantly holding on to God. Whether you are here, whether you are at home, whether you are at work, whether you are walking down the street. That is what I mean by the waiting. I'm not talking about staying here for 20 hours. But waiting on him. But very soon we give up. Because the same temptation is coming back again and we give up. Because the same struggle is coming back again and we give up. But if we could just wait for a moment, if we could just hold on, remembering that it's not us holding on, but he is the one that is holding us. And we could surrender it all to him to say, God, I cannot make it. I cannot make it, but I know you can. Because that day at Calvary, you destroyed every enemy. You destroyed every bondage. I know that you can make it. So I need to get to Jesus to see him. I need to get to him. And she broke that alabaster box instead of wiping feet. Tears running down her eyes. Tears of genuine repentance. Brother Brandon would say, you think that Jesus was going to cast her away. That was Jesus' reputation. A sinner repenting. That was his reputation. He came for the sinner. He came for the sinner. He came to deliver. He came to set free. What Isaiah spoke of him is still alive today. To set the liberty to the captive. You see, there was a woman one time, she had a blood issue. She had been everywhere she could be. She had done everything she could do. She thought, this man can help me. And this other one can help me. And this other one can help me. But none of them could help him. Or help her. And maybe you've thought this can help me. Maybe I can do this and that will help me and that will help me. But nothing could help. And I want you to notice something. That Jesus was on his way to Jairus' house. Jesus was not even concerned about her. Jesus knew about her. But that wasn't where Jesus was going. And maybe you're sitting here and you say, well, I don't know if Jesus is coming my way. You know what the woman did? She reached out her hand. She raised out her hand and said, give me Jesus. Amen. This is what will bring me healing. This is what will bring me deliverance. She raised out her hand. You said, maybe Jesus is not coming my way this evening. You can reach out your hand. You can reach out and touch him this evening. I can guarantee you that he's going to turn around. 
He's going to turn around and look at you and grant you your need. She elbowed away and got to Jesus. When she got to Jesus, she was doing all that she was doing. Here was Simon, who was mad about it all. And you know, Satan is mad about it all this evening. He's mad about you being here. He's mad about the fact that you were at his feet this evening. He's mad about it. But Jesus, God has got some few questions for Satan this evening. He's got some few things to say to Satan. And I could imagine God perhaps talking to Satan this evening and saying, You know, Satan, I created you and I made you the son of the morning. You were the brightest star in heaven. I gave you all that you had need of. I made you the head of the worship in heaven. You had everything, Satan. You were there with me. But pride rose up in your heart. And you torn me down. You torn me down. And because you torn me down, I kicked you out of heaven. But you had everything. But you never made me welcome in your life, Satan. You chose to be my adversary. You chose to be my adversary. But you know, Satan, this evening, I got a people here. Who, you know, they have bypassed their theophany. They don't really remember that they were in me right from the beginning. You see, I've got a people here, Satan, this evening, that they never saw me when I walked on earth. They never saw even one of the miracles that I did. I got a people here that I send them a prophet in this age. And they never even seen him. They never sat in one of his meetings. Not even one of them. They never seen even one miracle that was done by him. But Satan, you were there. And you remember everything. You remember everything. You were there with me. You saw me. You saw my power. You saw everything that I am. But you tore me down. But here are people that didn't see me when I walked on earth. But yet, they believe. Yet, they stand and for me. They've come this evening to worship me. So Satan, I just want to say to you, that is the door for you. You're welcome to walk out.
because you rejected me. Because this evening, I am here to deal with my people. And you're not welcome here. And I've got one thing to say to my people this evening. That the sins which are many have all been forgiven. That's what I want to say to my people this evening. Because they came and they said, give me Jesus. They've come to worship me. I want them to know that all their sins, which were many, have all been forgiven. The record has been destroyed. It's all gone. And this evening, if you still have God guilt in your heart, he's here. That's his words for this evening. Your sins which are many, they are all forgiven. But I want you to go and sin no more. I want you to go and wait on me. Let me strengthen you. Let me be with you. Stay in my presence. Wherever you are, create an atmosphere where all you made welcome. And you will live a victorious life. You will live an overcoming life. I just want you to know, if you didn't get anything out of the service this evening, just remember this, that all of your sin, which are many, have been all forgiven. But go your way and sin no more. Let us stand on our feet. Let the musicians come this evening. In the morning when I rise In the morning when I rise In the morning when I rise Give me Jesus Give me Jesus
Jesus, as I'm walking out of here, I want to walk with Jesus. Satan can have all that he wants, but just give me Jesus. That's all that I want. Only Jesus. And he will keep us and he will guide us. Amen. You know, we've been tempted, we've been tried, we've been through many, many battles, and, and there are going to be many battles that are going to come as we keep walking until he comes. But it's one thing sure that we're going to come out victorious. If only we're going to hold on to Jesus. If we're going to let Jesus fight our battles for us, we're going to come out victorious. It's guaranteed. Because he's never lost one battle. And I tell him later this year, he's not going to lose even one. Every battle is the Lord. And he is going to come out victorious. And if he's coming out victorious, you're coming out victorious. Amen. If he's coming out overcomer, you're coming out an overcomer. Amen. There's nothing that's going to stop this bride. Amen. There's nothing that's going to stop you. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter you're young. It doesn't matter you're old. Jesus is with you. Amen. And as we said, let's go back to the old-fashioned way, young people. Let's not forget our Bible. Let's go back to the Sunday school days. Always go to Sunday school with your Bible. Come to church, come with your Bible. Amen. Come expect him. The Lord will do something, Amen. No, Brother Branham will say, if we ever, came, if we always came to a service expecting that God will move, is that we'll have some incredible services. And I tell you, friends, if we came to every young people's service expecting that God is gonna move, I tell you, we'll have some incredible young people's services. We'll see God move in a supernatural way. I believe that He's wanting to move. He's wanting to do something amidst the young people here. He's wanting to prove that he is God. But he needs a vessel. He needs a vessel. I'm going to say, I want to be that vessel. I want to be that vessel. I want God to walk through me. Amen. Amen. That's been my desire that God will walk through me. If he's looking for someone to do the supernatural, let me be the one to do the supernatural. If he's looking for someone to send him down the street to speak to the lost, let me be the one that he can send down the street. If he's looking for someone to wake up in the middle of the night to pray and deceive for someone, let me be that one. Let's make yourself available for him. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you. Let's sing this song. The battle is the Lord. And we invite Brother Ed to come and uh, we say God bless you. And the Lord be with you for the rest of the weekend. And let's come expecting on Sunday. Amen. Let's come expecting on Sunday. Ask the Lord to come again and, and speak to us in the services. Let's come expecting. You have something on your heart. You have someone on your heart. Come expecting. Because, you know, Brother Brown said, you get what you expect. 
I remember one time we had a young youth camp and mine, you know, sorry for taking a little time, but it just came to my mind to share this. And we had a camp in Switzerland and, and you know, we, we went through the camp and we think we, it was about four days camp. And the first day had went and it's been just, just a service. It was a good service. And the second day had came and, and it was another good service. And the third day had come. And I started to think, this can be just another good service. Or this can be another special service. Because I walked into that youth camp, that was my first youth camp. And I said, I'm going to this camp and I want to meet Jesus. I was determined on my heart that I wasn't leaving that camp the same way that I was going on. I said, I want to meet Jesus at this camp. And two days that went by, and it had been great services, but it wasn't what I was there for. And so that I remember that day, I was just walking down, and, and I was expecting that evening. I was expecting God to move that evening. And you know what I started to do? I started to testify to the people on the camp. They thought I was a little bit crazy. Many people didn't know me. I was just new in the message. And they thought, who's this young fella, short guy, walking around telling that we're going to have a revival this evening. But I had something deep burning in my heart saying this evening is going to be a special service. And I kept telling the people around, it says it's going to be a special service this evening. That afternoon I was sitting in my room and I was, I was just waiting on the Lord reading my Bible. And, and something laid on my heart to move to the next room. When I moved to the next room and I saw the piano player of the camp, he was sitting with his Bible opened and he was weeping. And I got next to him and said, what's wrong with you? He turned with me with tears in his eyes and said to me, I need the Holy Ghost. I tell you, I was there for the Holy Ghost too. And he said, I need the Holy Ghost. And at that moment, I didn't know many scriptures, but I knew one scripture. That Jesus spoke about and he said that, you know, if your father can give you a good tent, if you ask him for a fish, he wouldn't give you a snake. And he asked him for bread, he wouldn't give you a stone. And I took that scripture and I read it to him. And at the end of the scripture, Jesus said that how much more would the Lord give you the Holy Ghost if you need him? And I read the scripture to him and I said, this is the scripture. This is what Jesus said. And we can stand on it right now. And I believe that God can fill us. And right in that moment, we started to pray. And the Holy Ghost fell in that very moment. I tell you, God is real. He's waiting for someone who will expect him. But it didn't end there. I told him, I said this evening, it's going to be a special service. And he said, yes, I am going to agree with you. And I kept walking down telling everyone, it's going to be a special service. And you know when the service started, you know what Satan started to do? He started to disrupt the, the, the entire song service. All the technical problem we could have that evening, we had it. Everything that could be there to disturb that service, he did it. But I said this evening is going to be different. It doesn't matter what you do, it's going to be different. And I tell you, the preacher came, it was Brother Francois Lippicard. And he spoke for just 20 minutes. That was enough. It was just 20 minutes he spoke and he couldn't speak anymore. Because the presence of the Lord came in that room. I tell you, what happened in the temple of Solomon can happen still today. Or you've seen it happen. Or you've witnessed it happen. And I believe that we can have it too. If we will come with an expectation. If we will come believing that God is going to move. Amen. And you know what happened that evening? It was that evening that he came to me. 
And he told me, I've called you to the ministry. I heard it clear and loud. It wasn't an audible voice, but I know that voice. Years later, he would speak to me again, and it would happen just exactly. Because there was an expectation. Because there was an expectation. And I believe if we come to every service in expectation, God is ready to meet you. There's something that he might have called you for, but is waiting for you to expect so that he can speak to you and say, this is what I want you to do. Amen. God bless you. Let's sing the battle as the Lord. There is a source in times of need that gives me hope, that brings me peace in every trial, through every task, my Savior. Maybe we feel I got other things on my heart, other things on my mind, and we fail to see that He's always there. He's standing in the shadows. And I don't know if you just thought about the story our brother Max ministered on, but Brother Branham would have a few messages. I think Brother Max mentioned a few. Worst sinner in the city, pride, different ones. Brother Branham would also talk about the foot wash flunky that missed out. But this woman, 
she didn't think about the scene she was going to make all she knew was there was just a little tug in her heart and I, if we would just start there you, you may not be a kind of person that's outgoing you may be a very private person you may be very inward not easy to relate and maybe feel shy about a meeting but don't worry about all of that just worry about you and him if, if you don't even shout amen, but in your heart, if you just from your heart say, Lord, just whisper it in your heart. And you know what? You start there and he comes and meets you right there. He's not far away. You can, you can be in the service. Maybe you never even said amen. But if you just nod or you just, yes. Lord, yes. I, I was a young man. I, I was in a family. I came to church. And I, I knew I was in services. I, I wasn't participating. But I knew there was another being in that building. I saw what, how people came and they were interacting with something. I wasn't. And years later, but when I was, as Brother Max said, expecting and desiring, he, he, I recognized he was actually there when I was a teenager. He was there when I was a 12-year-old boy in Saskatchewan at a camp meeting and I wanted to be baptized by a river. He was there then didn't happen then he was there all the time and if we would just start just just to welcome him that woman she she didn't think about what it would end up as but she just started with something I, I just to leave you with that you know the song that brother Mark led us in when I rise give me Jesus when I'm afraid, give me Jesus. He wants to be your friend. You don't have to worry, you know. Our meetings, you say, well, I, I'll wait for everybody to get excited, then I'll enter in. Actually, that, that's sometimes too late because you're not in the channel. But you start, just start. Maybe even tonight you go to bed, well, I don't know why I came to young people's. I didn't... But just start with the few little things. Let God move. I believe he wants to meet every one of us. He is our friend. Amen. Let me walk with you, Jesus. Let me walk with you, Jesus. Tell me when I was so
start by just asking him as you sing now. softly we've just come to the end we're going to go home we're going to dismiss go in our cars maybe we'll forget about this but right now in this moment maybe the Bible would say draw nigh to me and I'll draw nigh to you and you would just say Lord, I just sense that you are in this meeting and you are near and I just want to let you know I, I want my heart to be open and that I could walk with you. And if you, with every eye closed, even myself, and you just want to let him know that and you want to make a motion whether it's with your head, your mouth, your, your hand. Why don't you do that just now? I don't believe you'll ever regret it if you really mean it. But allow him, he's a gentleman. Allow him to just take a little root, a little place. Heavenly Father, we're at the close of the service. Lord, this story that was in the Bible so many years ago, that woman is 
gone, but what she did still lives on. That Jesus that walked in the flesh, he's still the same, but he's here in a spirit form. And you're the same in attitude. You're not a respecter of persons. You're not a Jesus that is there for entertainment like Simon made him. You're not a Jesus that's there for gain. Just a friend when we're in trouble. Just someone if I got a test. Just someone if I got a need. But Lord, you are Lord. And we want you to be our Lord. You see every little motion, every little hand that was made towards you. Would you take that, Lord, and create a channel that, that you can work through? We don't know where that will take us, but Lord, in this world, we can be assured of one thing. We know where the enemy is leading the world, but we know that you are leading us to a heavenly home. And Lord, one day we'll look back on this meeting, say it was just a simple little meeting. But Lord, let it be said that I, that we identified with you and you identified with us. I pray your blessing as we're dismissed now. Go with us to our homes. Thank you for the spirit that's here tonight. Thank you for every life that is here tonight. And we pray, oh Lord, you'd just walk with us as we go home now. Granted, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Brother Mark, can we just sing that? Take my hand from here to the great unknown. Do you know that?